You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Dave Ammons. Good morning, Cathedral. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. How y'all doing? Y'all doing good? You doing good, my man? Come on, let's go. Jake's always doing good, man. Let's go. It's a good Sunday, man. Charleston doesn't know it's summertime's on the way yet, but it's okay, right? Love this weather, right? Man, it's a good weekend. I love Sundays, man. If I haven't told you, I love Sundays. I love everything about it. I love being out of worship. I love being around you guys. Uh, I love hearing the stories that you guys have going on in your life. Uh, we're in a series that we're titling Road to Easter. Can y'all believe that Easter is next weekend? I mean, it's crazy how fast this year is going, right? Uh, but Easter's just around the corner, and uh, I've had a chance to be able to talk with a lot of you guys, uh, and many of you guys are telling me great stories of what's happening in your life right now, uh, of the people that you're really believing uh, to join you, to be sitting right next to you next weekend. Uh, and some of you guys have already received that yes. Uh, the people that you're relating with and diving into and really believing that God's going to open up a door for them to say yes, it's happening. Some of you have already had that yes, man. That's, that's amazing. Congratulations to you guys who are doing that. Uh, I'm also hearing some stories of uh, you're really praying and believing for somebody in your family to say yes this year. You're really praying and believing for somebody in your workplace or whoever it is. Uh, and you haven't quite got that yes. Maybe you kind of got an on the fence answer or uh, you haven't had the chance that you feel like uh, that, that, that door is kind of really opening uh, yet. But I just want you to know that we're praying for that exact thing for you guys this week. As you guys have interactions with people, as you guys conversate with people, that not only will he open the door for you to be able to ask, but he'll also give you the boldness in saying, hey, th- this is my opportunity. This is what I'm going to ask. I found this study uh, very interesting this past week. Uh, it, it seemed like a high percentage, but I was able to bounce it off a couple others. But did y'all know that 84% of people who are out of the church, okay, they don't go to church, of people will say yes to an invitation right now, this time period of the year. 84%, man. Let me say it this way. Of all the Sundays, of all the Sundays of the year, for you to choose to invite somebody, this Sunday coming up has the highest percentage of somebody saying yes to you this week. Okay? So let's be bold. Let's go into that whole thing and and invite them to sit right next to you. Let them know the services that we have. A 9, a 10, 30, a 12. Let them choose whatever service makes sense to them, right? And then you decide to go to that service, right? Make it easy. And I promise you, you're going to enjoy the service. It's going to be a great service. But let me tell you something. I promise that you're going to love it even more when the person sitting right next to you gives their life to the Lord. That's a service that you will never, ever forget in the rest of the history of the world, okay? So let's be bold. Can can you guys believe with me, right? Can you guys believe with me this week that the Lord is going to do some amazing things and open some doors for us to be able to invite some people to sit right next to us? Amen? Amen? Amen, amen. 
I'm excited for this next week because it's just something that God does. He opens it up and it just makes it easy for people to say yes. And so we're excited about that. We're going to do our best job, uh, everything that we can do, pull out every stop that we can to make the Bible come alive and to let them know that Jesus is absolutely crazy about them. Uh, so we'll do our part. You do your part. Let's get them in here. Um, we're in this series and it's, it's, it's amazing that we're already at the end of this road to Easter. Jesus, during what's called this Passion Week that we've been kind of describing, he's bringing us on this journey, right? There's so many moments, there's so many encounters that we find laced all throughout the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all kind of talk about this, the last days of his life. And there's so many things to choose from. There's so many moments to choose from. It's packed with all kinds of insights all of them pointing to this thing of, of salvation, how important that is. Pointing out to our purpose here on, hey, this is, uh, this is how I want you to live life here on this earth. Our theme scripture is the overview of this entire thing. It comes out of Matthew chapter 20, and here's what it says. It says, now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the 12 disciples aside. He had a few things that he wanted to tell them, and here's what he says. We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priest and to the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, to be flogged, and to be crucified. Jesus is, is, is telling them, hey, here's, here's what's going to happen. I want you to understand. He, he wants them to experience this thing that we're we're, we're, we're titling Passion Week, right? What we're going through. But man, thank God it doesn't end there because he is the one that takes our sins away because he does one thing that no other God can claim or do in this universe, which is, he says, on the third day, he will be raised to life. This is exactly what this series is all about. Each of these moments that are leading us right up to this Easter weekend you see, last weekend, we, we learned about the fig tree. Got a lot of great comments from you guys of, of, of how much you learned in that, that message last week, and I love that. And, and we talked about how do we not only just reach our potential, right, but how do we reach our God-given potential? That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the moment that we saw last week. The week before that, uh, the first week, we talked about Palm Sunday. And now Jesus, it's incredible, Jesus needs us. It's a really crazy thought that he needs us in order to meet his need. This week is our final moment, and I want to talk to you uh, about the Last Supper and a message that I'm titling, Pick Up the Towel. Pick Up the Towel. Here's, here's, here's actually something crazy about this moment that we see in Scripture. Remember, the, the account of this is going to be seen throughout the Gospels. Okay, All of the Gospels are going to tell you about this this moment that we're getting ready to describe, but John is the only gospel that records the conversation that happens. And in fact, if you want to do a deep dive, and I encourage you to do that this week, if you want to do a deep dive into this particular moment that we're going to be talking about, John designates five chapters to it. Got to remember, there's only 21 chapters in the book of John. Right? Five chapters are designated to this dinner conversation. John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 is the dinner conversation. What an important conversation that we see getting recorded in Scripture for us to explore. 
You see, this final week of Jesus, as, as you read through it, you realize something. You realize that the more you read all of these moments, you realize there's a lot of choices being made. There's a lot of decisions that we see being made throughout this Passion Week. I found this interesting. Did you know that, that, that an adult makes, on average, 35,000 decisions a day? That's a lot of decisions. I mean, even if you don't believe that, let's cut it in half. It's still 17,000 decisions that we're making every single day. That's, that's a lot of decisions, right? The Journal of Psychology is the one that kind of came up with this. Could you imagine being the person that your job was to count those decisions? One, two, ooh, three, four, five. That was a good one. You know, so 35,000, that's a lot of decisions. To help you out with that, to let you realize how many decisions we're really making throughout the day, I have a couple scenarios just for us to think of. A little, little fun this morning, right? And, and the first decision really comes when our eyes open for the first time. And you have this realization that you got some stank morning breath. <laughs> right? Anybody in here that doesn't have morning breath? No? Okay, we're all there. We're all on the same page. Right? Okay. But you have a decision to make immediately. Am I going to brush my teeth immediately or am I not? Who's going to brush my teeth immediately? You're going to wake up. First thing you're going to do, brush your teeth, right? Man, there's a lot of you that are using your stank morning breath for your coffee flavor in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't say every decision was good. Just saying we make a lot of decisions throughout the day, right? How about when food drops on the floor? We have a decision to make. I got a five-seconder over here. Come on, Regina. Raise your hand if you're going to pick it up. You're going to eat it. I'm right there with you. I'm, I, you're missing some good additives. There's some extra protein on that floor. <laughs> it's a decision. It's a decision. Okay, how about when you go to a restaurant? My wife beautiful, sitting on the front row here, right? She prefers her cup of ice in her cup to be this high. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of ice. Now, I'm okay with that. As long as you're okay with that, when you take your second and a half sip that you have and your drink is gone, you can't complain that you're out of drink, right? It's your choice, right? Who, who, who are my no icers in here? Raise your hand. No ice. No. So weird. I mean, my brother does that. I've never understood. Like, I got to have some ice in my sweet tea, right? All right, here, here's a fun one. Who in here has to have matching socks? No. It's a decision, right? I got to have to say, if I have different textures, on, one on the right foot and different texture, on the, that ain't working out. Like, I got to have the same design. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, we, we wearing the same socks every weekend, right? All right. This one, this last one I have for you, it's a little gross. I'm going to go ahead and admit it. A little gross. But the first decision you have to do in this next example is you, 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 you have to make the choice that you, everybody's a nose picker. Everybody. <laughs> Whether you want to admit it or not, that's your choice. Everybody is a nose picker. Okay? It just matters, it just matters how aggressive you are in the process. <laughs> okay? That's really the decision that we have here. Okay? But we have an acquaintance of ours that in the discovery process, we learned that he has a particular location that he likes to wipe what he finds in his car, right under the seat. I mean, can you imagine that on a hot summer day? Just... But it led to a great conversation of 
what kind of picker are you? Are you a flicker? Do you wipe it on surfaces? Or I guess are you a normal person that gets a, a tissue and wipes it in something like that? It's decisions. Got a lot of choices that we're making, right? 35,000 of them. Jesus is making some decisions, okay? Decisions on what he will say, de decisions on who he's going to be with, and ultimately, the ultimate decision that he has is whether or not he's going to carry out the will of the Father. He's making decisions. The religious leaders, the crowds of the day, they're also making decisions. They're going to be given an ultimatum. What to do with Christ in the end? To crucify him or to not crucify They're given decisions. The disciples, they're given decisions. We're going to talk about that more in depth next week. But they're making decisions throughout this whole entire process. In the moment that we're going to be talking about today, they're making decisions. And the final night for Jesus, we see Jesus making some decisions. He, he, he makes some decisions to be and spend time in the upper room with his disciples. He's doing it very purposely because he has something he wants to communicate to them. He, he's got a principle that he wants to make sure that he's imparting uh, before he leaves this earth. And we know, we've already discussed this, but we know in the final moments of a person's life, only the most important things get communicated. Only the most dire, only the most crucial thing. In those final moments of your life, you want to make sure that you're getting the crucial points across to somebody or your loved ones. Jesus is in this exact moment that we're reading about before he's obedient to what he has to do on the cross. Jesus wants to spend time with his disciples, being in this room, uh, uh, eating with his disciples, talking with his disciples, conversating with his disciples. He has hours remaining. In a few hours, they're going to leave this very room and he'll be arrested. He'll be beaten. He'll, he'll be crucified. This moment that we see, oh man, it's crucial. See, Jesus is aware of the storm that's, that's brewing on the inside of this room with his disciples. Jesus is also aware of the storm that's brewing on the outside of this room as well. I mean, he knows what Judas, one of his disciples, is getting ready to do. He knows that he's getting ready to be betrayed by one of his disciples for just a little bit of money. He knows how internally all of the disciples, they're beginning to jockey for position. They're trying to one-up each other to see who is better, who is closer. Say, yeah, uh, Jesus looked at me. Oh, yeah, well, I spent more time with him yesterday. Right? We see all this, this, this positioning kind of going on. Pride is, is, elev is elevating among the disciples. Jealousy is kind of creeping into the group. And the scene that we have going into this Last Supper, what takes place in this room, is that after three and a half years of doing ministry, seeing amazing things, seeing everything that Jesus did while he was here on this earth, what we see here is that the enemy is working overtime. And these disciples are just literally getting on each other's nerves. The fact is, is that this, this very table, betrayal will happen. Denial will take place. In fact, many of the disciples at this table will even hide from and not even claim the name of Jesus. 
It's not the brightest moment for these disciples. They may love each other. They don't really like each other right now. Tensions are just, they're just high. Have you ever been in a season where the, the people that you love just flat out get on your nerves? Brother, just keep looking straight ahead. <laughs> but it's amazing. <laughs> that was good. I'm not going to lie. I like that. But it's amazing how, you know, you can fall in love with somebody, right? You get married, and at first, it's just, it's just so cute, right? You, know, they, you get home from a long night, throw your shirt on the couch, right? So cute. Next morning you wake up, pick up that shirt off that chair. Just thinking about your man. So cute. I love that he does this. Gosh, so blessed to have this man right here. You're just praying for him. Lord, would you bless him? He's blessed and highly favored. Lord, I just love him. Three years later, you're like, man, what the heck? Can you pick your shirt up? I'm going to tell you right now, you do that one more time. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm about to do it to you, right? This is kind of what we see happening with the disciples. He knows all of this is happening with the disciples, right? He knows how they're going to respond. He knows how some of them will run away. He knows how Peter will deny him. He sees all these things. He comes to the upper room. It's just gotten to a really bad place. And so he does something on this last night. He does something in these final moments before he's arrested he does something that actually surprises the disciples. In fact, it's so outrageous that it shocks them. It shocks these disciples. He knows that he has to deal with what is going on because he understands this bigger picture. In the bigger picture, there's more than what's just going on in the room. There's more than even what's going on outside of the room. Because once all of this is done and he goes up to heaven, he knows that he's going to hand over something very special to the disciples. He's going to hand over the gift of the church. These disciples, they are going to be his representation. Soon they will be filled with the Holy Spirit to figure out and to carry out this mission that God is going to give, him, give them. It's these ordinary men. Yes, they're not where he needs them to be. He is still shaping. He is still molding. He's doing that in our lives, I think, still today, right? He's still doing it. And that's exactly what we see here. He knows if it's these disciples that is going to build the church for the entire world. In fact, this is exactly what he tells Peter in Matthew when he says this. He says, Peter, it's on this rock. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it will not prevail against it. Jesus knows the importance of this moment because if he doesn't straighten this thing out, then, then there could be a chance that the gates of hell could prevail. And so he does something to prevent that. He does say, hey, disciples, I need you to understand. He does something so amazing, and that's what I'm excited to share with you guys this morning. It's the last stop on our road, and we're going to start it off in John chapter 13. Here's some of the story. It says, before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go back to the Father. Jesus loved his own who were in the world. I love this next phrase. And he loved them to the end. 
In the Greek, that, that, that means that he, he showed them the full range of his love, showed them the full extent of his love. While supper was taking place, the devil had already put the idea of betraying Jesus in the mind of Judas. The father had put everything in Jesus' control. Jesus knew this, okay? He also knew that he had come from God and was going back to God. And so he got up from the table, he removed his outer clothes, he took a towel, tied it around his waist, and then he poured some water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with a towel that he had tied around his waist. So what I like what happens next in this scene here, it's like the story. We see that he's getting ready to, to wash all the disciples' feet, but what we get in this next line is it's like the story zooms in now on one person. He's washing everybody's feet. He's even going to wash Judas's feet. That's love. To wash the feet of the very person that you know is getting ready to betray you. That's the scene that we have here. When Jesus comes to Peter, Peter asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Peter, like the rest, I mean, the, 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 the disciples were shook, man. I mean, they, they were shocked at what was happening. And he blurts this phrase out, Lord, are you going to wash? It's like he has this internal realization. There's something wrong here. You ever been in a situation where you're like, ah, I can't quite put my finger on it. There's something wrong going on, right? His pride is kicking in. His, his ego is kicking. How in the world did I let this happen? Jesus answers Peter, you don't know now what I'm doing, but you'll understand later. Peter told Jesus, got to give him credit. He tried. Second chance. You don't know. Uh, you will never wash my feet. I'm telling you, Jesus is, when you read scripture, he is the original first OG. I mean, because listen, listen to his response. Listen, listen to what he tells Peter. If I don't wash you, you don't belong to me. Whew. I could play that song again. Look how Peter immediately changes his tune. Lord, don't wash my feet. Man, I want you to wash my hands. I want you to wash. Peter realizes very quickly, oh, shoot, that wasn't the right response either. Strike two, I don't want to strike three. He realizes really quickly that if I don't have you in my life, Lord, I'm in trouble. Don't wash just my feet, Lord. I need you to wash it all. Head, shoulders, knees, toes, eyes, ears, however that song goes, right? I need you to wash everything. And what we see is we see this tug of war taking place between these two. It's the same one that happens in each and every single one of us all the time. Jesus responds back to Peter and he communicates, hey, listen, if you don't embrace the lessons that I'm trying to teach you right now, if you don't allow me to wash you, if you don't allow me to forgive you, if you don't allow me to give you a new beginning, you're never going to walk into the fullness and the experiences that I have, all the experiences that I have for you Peter realizes this, and he realizes, i got a decision to make. And he chooses, he says, Jesus, I want everything that you have for me. I need you. Life is full of choices. Scripture continues in verse number 12, it says this, After Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothes, he took his place at the table again. Then he asked his disciples, Do you understand what I have done for me? done for you. You call me teacher, you call me Lord, and you're right, because that's, that's exactly what I am. 
So if I am your Lord, if I am your teacher, and I have washed your feet, you must wash each other's feet. Jesus is trying to communicate something to him. He's trying to tell them something. He's trying to tell them, hey, I need you to learn how to serve each other. And I love, I love this follow-up. It's, 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 it's such good instruction. Because he continues and says, I, I've given you an example that you should follow. We talked a lot about that even last week, right? And, and I don't want you to misunderstand this, right? Je- Jesus isn't telling us this next fad, right? Because if it, was, if it was the next thing that Jesus wanted to see time and time again, we would have seen in Scripture over and over again of people having foot washing services. We don't see that. He's not telling us the next fad, right? But what he's trying his hardest to communicate, I need you to understand something, disciples. I need you to understand something, cathedral. Because what I want you to understand is I want you to have a foot washing spirit. That's what I'm after. He's saying, I need you to have the heart of a servant. Because if you don't, there's going to be some problems. And what we see here is we see him, he's allowing the disciples to make a decision. It's the same decision that you and I really get all the time. Is this going to be about him? Or is this life going to be about me and what you can do for me? That's this back and forth thing that we have. He continues and says, I can guarantee this truth. Slaves are not superior to their owners. Messengers are not superior to the people who send them. If you understand all of this, you are blessed whenever you follow my example. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's some good stuff in this moment that we see playing out. He's saying it's not good enough just to know about it. But you've also got to do something about it. You have to have action that gets joined up with your words, is what he's saying. You can't just be a person that knows a lot about getting your hands dirty. You actually got to know how to get your hands dirty, right? You got to know how to serve. On his last night, this is what he wants to talk about. Wow. How important it must be for us to understand how to pick up a towel. The last topic that he wants us to hear him say is about servanthood. It's that important. It carries that much weight. Wow. I I want you to think about this. This is the last visual that the disciples are going to have about Jesus. He's getting ready to be arrested. The feet that were dirty, right, that he washed, are getting ready to run off in denial. They're getting ready to run off in betrayal. And he knows what's getting ready to happen. But yet he still does it. Listen to me. If you ever doubted whether God can still use you or not, because you think somehow your past may disqualify you, maybe you've done too much, surely God can't use you. Jesus knows in advance what they're going to do. He knew all their bad stuff, but yet he still invited them to be a disciple. Jesus knows how they're going to fail in the future, yet it doesn't stop him. That's not what we see him do. It doesn't mark them off. Rather, what we see is he speaks directly into their potential and he releases them right back into the mission. It's amazing what we see Jesus do this night. Knowing all that he knows and the decisions that he makes. He decides, listen, 
I'm going to pick up the towel and I'm going to serve them. He chooses the towel. It's a choice. You see, I love breaking down stories that we read in the Bible because there's just some things that Jesus does in this moment. And as you break down these physical movements that we see Jesus do, you see the choices that he made. And I believe that it just communicates to us the choices that we have. The decisions that we have to make in life. And so what I want to do is I want to give you a couple of the physical things that we literally see Jesus do and what it communicates to us, what Jesus did. Here's the first one. First one is he got up from the table. In the middle of the meal, he got up. He decided that he was going to participate. He didn't have to, right? He, he could have been like, man, I've done what I've needed to do. I'm already on my final mission. I know my assignment. God's already given me all the power. You do you, I'm going to do me, right? Y'all are jacked up. I'm piecing out of this joint. Good luck figuring out all the junk that y'all got going on, right? But he didn't do that. He allowed this interruption to be a divine invitation to make a difference in the disciples' life. He, got, he gets up from the table, and we see that he sets aside his robe. He took off some things. The picture that I get, y'all know that I love basketball. I was a basketball player growing up. And the picture that I get is this. Back in my day, we had buttons that went down. It was a lot cooler than what they got today. Today, you got to just take them off like normal pants. That's, no, that's boring. Back in my day, we had pants. We had zip. We had buttons all the way up. Real dramatic. Rip, rip them things off, right? Coach calls you. Dave, get in the game. Not a problem. Rip, rip them things off. Man, I loved it. It was great. Real dramatic. But the thing that I get is, when you think about that, think about what a basketball player, he's taking off his outer clothes, and what's underneath? What's underneath is his uniform to play and to get in the game. This is exactly what we see. Jesus is doing the same thing. He's taking off some things. He's taking off his robe, and what's underneath is his uniform to serve. God, I pray that in every season that, that I would have the Lord, I pray that in every season that us as a church would have the uniform to serve every single day. You see, the disciples, they would have known exactly what was going on in this moment. You see, they, they've hung around Jesus long enough. They, they've been to enough houses. They've been to enough banquets. They've been to enough dinners. They know exactly what would have been going on. Because when people during this time period of history... Israel is an extremely dusty place. All they wore were sandals. So as you're walking around, what are you going to do? You're going to pick up the dust. Your feet would have been dirty. Your ankles would have been dirty. Your legs would have been dirty. And when you would have arrived at somebody's house, when you would have arrived at a dinner, they ate at very low tables. So the last thing that you want coming into somebody else's house is your dirty, nasty toes all up in their business. Right? They would have known what was going on. There would have been a servant who would have been placed by a basin, by a bowl of water, and by a towel. So that they would have cleaned your feet. So that you would never come to the table with dirty feet. But this night was different. This night was intimate. This was a personal dinner that we see being played out, right? There was no one there to wash their feet. All of those disciples would have walked through the door, didn't see a servant sitting over there, and walked straight to the table. 
they made a choice. I'm going to walk right past the bowl, right past the towel, and I'm going to go to the table. Surely somebody else is going to do it. Surely somebody beneath me will take care of this. Somebody else is going to come along and surely do this. Everybody sat at the table with dirty feet, and Jesus gets up. When the towel is beneath you, you'll never be able to receive the blessings from God. The blessing follows the towel. Now, some of you may have been in here and just said, Dave, I don't like what you just said. Sorry. It's not my words. It's Jesus' words. This is John chapter 13, verse 17. You, you, you may have missed it the first time, but I want you to listen to it with, with, with these kind of ears now. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed. But it's a conditional blessing because of the four words that follow it. If you do them. The blessing, it follows the towel. Jesus was sitting at the table. He gets up from the table, removes his robe, and he took the towel. Now, I want you to forget, Jesus knows all of the petty things that's taking place right now. He, he, he knows the jockeying for position that the disciples are doing. And I can just see him, him, him thinking these thoughts and even saying these things possibly. Listen, I'm not handing out any special titles. I'm not handing out any special positions. This, this is what I'm handing out. Listen, I know what you want would be a title. I know you want a position that you think is going to fill something on the inside of you that you may be doing or not doing. I, I'm not handing I'm not handing out a title. I'm not, I'm not handing, but I am willing to give you a towel. You may not understand this yet, but, but the blessing, guys, the, the blessing follows the towel. One of the things that you may not know about me is that I'm a paper towel connoisseur of sorts. At least that's, I think I am, right? I love a good, love a good towel. What's one of these, whether it's paper towel, I love a good towel. Not sure what your paper towel of choice is. Maybe the Viva. Maybe the Bounty, right? Quicker pick rubber. Not sure which one it is. We all got a preference. We all make choices, right? Now, one thing I don't like is I don't like a bad paper towel. I hate a bad paper towel. Can't stand a bad paper towel. Most likely, these are at a gas station. You ever go to the gas station, you wash your hands? Got some water on your hands? You pick like six, seven, eight, 15, 18, however many, I don't know how many you get. But it's like they put something on the gas station paper towels. It's like this anti-soak or anti-mess, anti-water-absorbent like chemical on it. It's like the water dances around your hands, and it's like you just give up. You just throw away the towel, and you got to wipe it on your hands. I don't know what they put on those gas. I hate those towels. Then you go to a nice restaurant. Maybe you go to Halls. Go to a nice restaurant downtown. They got those nice towels. Real thick. You want to try it? It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's thick. It's got a little bounce to it, right? I mean, I'm just I'm unfolding it. One, just one, one paper towel. As I'm unfolding it, man, this thing, it's already, it's already, it's already dried half my hands. You get, oh, there it is. Oh, oh, shit, oh. Man, what an experience, right? Have you ever had this thought? Have you ever thought, what if a paper towel could talk? 
I mean, I haven't, that's a weird thought, right? I haven't had that thought. But I'm sitting here and, and I'm thinking about this story. And I'm thinking about the significance of the towel that Jesus is using. And, and I combine that with, with the purpose of a paper towel. And so I'm thinking about all this. I mean, think about if, if I had a roll of paper towels, what would the conversation look like if the paper towel could talk to us this morning? I mean, I just imagine they're all, they're all sitting in this, this nice little roll of paper towels, right? And they're just wondering, man, when is somebody going to make a daggone mess? I need a mess. Man, when, when is, can somebody do something messy in this house, right? Like, I love sitting here, don't get me wrong, cozy in this role. I got 500 of my best friends sitting here right with me, right? But, man, when is somebody going to make a mess? Come on, Ammons, boys, spill some juice. Throw some food at mama, because I'm created to be in the mess. Cathedral, I, I want you to understand something. Jesus created us to be involved in the mess. I wonder if this is what he's trying to communicate to us. Can, 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 he created us to be involved in the brokenness of people's lives. It's a choice. One of y'all, I'm hoping this week, you hear this message, really take it to heart. You say, you know what, I got to call Eddie. Call it. What's up, Eddie? I need you to put me down. I'm creating a paper towel small group. <laughs> put me in the game, coach. Teach me. Do whatever I got to do. I'm making a paper towel small. I've got to get into the mess of people's lives. Listen, church, this is what we're... I can have a lot of goals in life. There's a purpose of why we're put onto this earth. I think he's trying to... You've got to choose the towel. We're born for this. This is our, he's trying to communicate this to us. He took the towel and he began to serve them. Jesus bends down. I imagine he's probably kind of down on his knees and, and he begins to wash their feet. This is an absolutely incredible scene that we see playing out. And we need, we need to understand what's going on because we got to be able to put this into action in our lives. Because what we see is Jesus, he's loving these disciples despite their past mistakes. He's loving these disciples despite the current flaws that they're very obviously showing to him in this moment in the upper room in this Last Supper. He's even loving them past all of the, the future failures and, 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 and the future turning on Jesus, right? They're getting, he's loving. None of that stops him. It actually motivates him. He's teaching the disciples. He's teaching every single one of us this morning in a very important lesson. He's teaching us that, that life starts at a certain place. Life starts at serving. It's the choice that every single one of us have. Do we want the towel of serving? The, the, the towel that Jesus has is the towel of serving, of, of loving, of, of caring of participating, of, of sacrificing, of giving. It looks a bunch of different ways, but it's the towel of serving. We're watching Jesus unable to be a spectator in this moment. We see Jesus get involved, in, and maybe through all of this, because of his willingness to serve these guys, to serve these disciples, that they would see how to do life. 
Maybe because of him serving them, maybe they'll finally find the freedom that they need in their own lives. It's the same invitation that he gives every single one of us. I want to end by showing you something um, that, that this isn't the only time in Scripture that a basin and a towel is used and the choice that's made from it. This is Matthew chapter 27. And this is after the Last Supper. This is after what just took He's already been arrested. Here's the scene that we have. He's before the governor. He's before Pilate. Here's what it says. But the chief priests and the leaders persuaded the crowd to ask for the release of Barabbas in the execution of Jesus. The governor, Pilate, asked them, which of the two do you want me to free for you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with Jesus, this, this guy that you call Christ? He should be crucified. Pilate asked, why, well, what has he done wrong? But they began to shout loudly, he should be crucified. Pilate saw, man, he wasn't getting anywhere with these people. In fact, the opposite was happening. What we see is an outbreak happening. A riot was beginning to take place. So Pilate takes some water and he washes his hands. And he says this sign, I won't be guilty of killing this man. Do what you want. Two things that we see Pilate doing in this situation. First thing is this. He washed his hands of responsibility. And the second thing we see is that he refused to make a choice. Jesus used a basin and a towel. He, he made a very clear choice. He, he used a towel to serve. He, he used it to make a difference. Pilate calls for the very same thing, and it was used to ignore. It, it, was, it was used to deny response, but I want nothing to do with it. Surely somebody else is going to take care of this. I wash my hands of this situation. Ultimately, what it was used for is it was used for the rejection of Jesus. This is the amazing thing about Jesus is he gives us the choice to choose. Though he, he, he desperately wants the best for us. He desperately wants a relationship with us more than we could ever think of. But yet he allows us to choose to accept or to choose to deny. He allows us to say yes or no. You see, I believe that serving is much more than just about our doing. But Jesus can actually use our serving to impact somebody else's eternity. Is it the towel of serving or is it the towel of rejection that defines our life? Life is full of decisions. This Passion Week that we see is full of decisions. The question that we, every single one of us in this room have to answer is which towel do we want? What is our towel of choice? Is it serving or is it rejection? Is it serving or is it surely somebody else will do that? You see, I love a church that gets involved. I love a church that takes responsibility. 
You see, it's a part of the culture of the cathedral. And I just love that single, every single time when I hear the stories of impact, when I hear the stories of this very thing that we're talking about this morning operating. You see, this kind of thing happens each weekend, whether it's on the weekend, I hear it happening in small groups, I hear it from time to time. And what I want you to do to make this principle come alive, I want you to listen to one of the stories of when serving created something. When serving created the opportunity for an invitation. When, when, when because somebody said yes to the towel, it created the possibility of a transformation in somebody's life that they even had the opportunity to say yes to God. Take a look at this. You know what's really wonderful about serving on the guest services team is we get a front row seat to watch everyone's journey. Hello, my name is Rachel Georges and I serve with my husband Jonathan Georges here at Cathedral on the guest services team. You know, it is a hospitality function of the church as the first impression. As I look at those moments that matter with people, there's a few examples that I can think of that the everyday person may not see as they're coming in and out of the church. Just a few weeks ago, we had a lady who was late getting to church. Her car broke down and she had to Uber to get here. And when she arrived with her three-year-old and her six-year-old, she dropped them off in the Sea Kids ministry and on her way down the stairs, she had tripped and fell. And to be honest with you, like any normal person, if you had that type of morning, you would probably want to just give up and leave. But our guest services volunteers were there to encourage her, to get her up off of her feet and to welcome her into the sanctuary. And what was so important about that is she knew in her heart that she wanted to be here and that there was something inside those doors for her to hear. And there absolutely was. And because of the love and the compassion and grace shown by our volunteers to help make sure she got there, Upon her exit, after leaving the service, they also helped to make sure that she got home. So it was really a moment that was, you know, end to end to show the love and compassion for her. You know, we had another Sunday where we had a group of teen girls that were sitting up in the balcony and they were being a little distracting to the point that you may have actually questioned whether or not they wanted to get kicked out or they may have been looking for a reason to get kicked out. Um, but instead we had one of our guest services volunteers up there who pulled them aside and gave them a level of attention and love to talk to them about what was going on. And that level of love went such a long way because in a few weekends, they were baptized here at the church. They still go here. We still show them that level of love and attention. We understand that everyone that's coming into the church, they may have had instances in their past where they may have had church hurt and maybe they're still trying to find their way back. And so we get to walk through that experience with them and there was one instance in particular where we had a homeless man who came into the church and he was in the process of withdrawing and we had to call EMS and he was so upset because he had his cart which had all of the belongings that you know he owned and he didn't want that cart to be lost or to go away because that's what he had left and you know sure enough the church was able to hang on to his shopping cart for him so that way when he got out of the hospital he was able to have his belongings and while he may not have yet accepted the Lord entirely into his life, he has continued to come back for a few services because of the love that's continually shown through our volunteers. What an honor and a privilege it is to serve you every single Sunday and to serve you with the absolute most wonderful people. I love 
being able to give back. I know my husband does as well, to be able to serve the Lord and love on you in the way that, you know, he would want us to love on you. I love that we get to be a part of stuff like that all the time. Ever see, yeah, go ahead and give him a hand. I don't mind that. That's awesome. We have some absolutely incredible volunteers that, that, that give time and time again, and that is their heart. That is their heart. I mean, who wants to be a towel that just talks about the mess? There's no purpose in that. No, no, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of getting in, in, in the messiness of humanity, in, in the brokenness of people's lives. I want to be a part of, of washing and repairing those lives. I bet you never really think about it, but those stories are sitting on the row right now beside you. And the interactions that we have, we have the opportunity, not only in church on a Sunday, but with our own family members to pick up the towel. We have the opportunity on Monday morning to pick up the towel of serving. There's so many opportunities that we get to pick up this towel and get represented. Can you imagine with me a church full of people where everybody in the house picks up the towel? Wow. That's a culture. I'll tell you what happens. People would be beating down this door saying, hey, hey, I got to see if this place is really real. I ran into somebody and, and they did it. I know where you're from. You're, you're from that, that, that church called Cathedral. Yeah. People would be beat. What would it look like for a, a, a place? Y'all, society is not bent this way. Society does not pick up the towel of serving. They got a completely different towel. One that says, don't deal with me. Don't touch me as long as it, uh, don't mess with me. It's all about me. Got that choice. Are we going to serve him? Or is it going to be about us? What if there was a church where when they came through those doors, they felt wanted? They, 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 they felt like, hey, you actually believe that you are important. That you matter, that you find out, oh, wow, I do have a purpose because of what somebody said to me in a parking lot, at the workplace, in my family, a, a, a place where, where you are invited. You're on the outside, man, you're on the inside. It's not an outcast thing. You are a part of this whole thing. What about a place that you feel like it's more about others than it is about ourselves? What a place. Life's full of decisions. It's full of choices. Jesus in this final moment very clearly gives us a choice. I'm not handing out titles, not handing out positions. But what I am handing out, I'm handing out towels. You know, one of the ultimate ways that Jesus served us is what he was on his way to do. Died on the cross for us, for our sins. You know, you know the thing that's different about Christianity than every other religion? It's not about what you do. It, it, it's about what he did for us. It doesn't matter if you do the right thing all the time or if you don't. It doesn't matter if you eat the right foods or eat wrong foods, as some religions will have you to believe. It's not about how many works you can, you can't work enough to get into the kingdom of God. 
It's not about whether you don't do enough works or whether you do a ton of works. It doesn't matter. In fact, it doesn't even matter how often you pray or if you pray in the right direction. It's not about that. And so in response to what he did for us, we get to choose to accept or deny it. To say yes or to say no to that. Just like the disciples had the chance, they had to let him wash their feet that night. I think some of you in this room might need this morning to accept what he freely did for us on the cross. And so here's what I want to do. I want to give you that chance this morning. This isn't going to be awkward. I'm not going to make you do a dance like they do at the cook in front of you Japanese restaurants or whatever that is. You know, it's not awkward. It's not a weird thing. What's simply going to happen is people, I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. This isn't between you and this entire congregation. This is between you and God. And I think you know who you are. I think you've, you've felt this tug on your heart. That's what Jesus did. He tugs on us and says, hey, hey I, oh, I desperately want a relationship with you. I know you don't think you're good enough. I know you think you've messed up. You're exactly the person that I need in the game. So to everybody here this morning, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? It's between you and God. Everybody at home, it's the same thing for you. You feel that tug. You feel, feel Jesus speaking to you this morning. What, what I'm going to ask everybody to do is, if that is you this morning, I'm, I'm just going to count simply to, to three. And if that's you here this morning, I, I want you to raise your hand. Again, don't make this awkward. I mean, if you're at home and you want to be so bold, raise a little hand emoji. I don't care. If that's too much or that makes you nervous because you don't want people to email me. David Cathedral email. I just want to know because I want to celebrate with you. Because here's what's getting ready to happen in heaven. When you raise your hand, the biggest party that you can ever possibly imagine is getting ready to erupt in heaven. Because for the first time, you're getting ready to have a relationship with God. There's nothing else that you need to do. On the count of three, if that's you this morning, I essentially want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. If that's you this morning, you say, Dave, I want to, Dave, I understand the serving stuff, but I'm not sure if I have this relationship with God. I'm not sure that I, I, in fact, Dave, I'm here and I know I don't have a relationship with God. There's hands all across this room right now. You're not alone in this situation. If that's you here this morning, I want to give you one more chance. Just simply raise your hand right now. Absolutely, that's phenomenal. Heaven is literally erupting because of your boldness to simply raise your hand. It's amazing. Now, as a congregation, everybody in this room is getting ready to say this prayer. But know that if you raised your hand, this prayer is specifically for you. So let's do it. Dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, 
Everybody said, come on, let's give a big old round of applause. Everybody in the room, everybody online, please reach out to us. We would love to take the next step with you. We want to journey with you. You did an incredible thing this morning. I got one more challenge for you. Now that we're all on the same page, one more challenge. Can we take it to the next level? Can we take the challenge of choosing the towel? You know, we're all towel holders. You know, during this last song that the worship team is, is going to do, I want you to have your own personal towel. And as we begin to sing this song, I want you to get up out of your seat, just like Jesus did. Jesus was sitting at a table. You're sitting in a chair. I want you to simply come up, and I want you to get your own personal towel. And here's what I want you to see happen. Would you go to that night? Would you visualize Jesus doing the very same thing? Would you let this towel, as you grab it, would you let it symbolize what Jesus is doing in your life? Would you let it symbolize what Jesus is doing in this church? Would you let it symbolize what he's doing in this society? People are hurting so desperately for the message of Jesus. Let's pick up the towel. Let's get into the mess of humanity, Cathedral. Let's seek out the hurting. There's some hurting people everywhere you go. When you go to Publix today to pick up some groceries, there's some hurting people. When you go to the restaurant, there's some hurting servers. When you go to work, there's some hurting people who just need someone to be kind, who need to love them exactly where they are. You don't know their story. Shoot, you don't even know the story of the person sitting right next to you. People are hurting, and they need to know that Jesus desperately wants to be with them, desperately wants a relationship. Let me say it this way. Blessed are you, cathedral, that if you know these things and you do them. Let's have that moment right now. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.